I know everyone's all like, woohoo, beginning of the year, New Year's resolutions, but I'm all like, hey, it's the end of the year. It's almost my birthday. I always get a little bit, a kick of motivation at the end of the year because my birthday is December 30th. And it's just like, oh yeah, what'd you do with your year? Are you doing something big? And so, yeah, that's my motivation comes at the end of the year. So if you're lacking some motivation, steal some of mine, go do something big, go do something epic um, for my birthday, do it. If it has something to do with running, cool. I'm actually training for a race. Haven't done one since the 2017 um, half marathon or a full marathon. So I'm super excited to, you know, just discipline. I think that I've been lacking that and it's been great being a casual runner, but I also enjoy the discipline that comes when you are training for something. And the great thing is that like, I'm not stressed out about my time. I'm not stressed out about my body. I'm not stressed out about food. I'm not stressed out about anything. So it's pretty cool to be in this place where I'm enjoying the process. It's still challenging. Don't get me wrong. This is not easy by any means, but it's not stressful. And that's a pretty enjoyable place to be. Also wanted to give you the heads up if you if something that is stressing you out is nighttime binge eating, you're going to definitely want to check out the show notes. I have um, a sign up uh, for that course. I will be teaching you how to end nighttime binge eating and help you along on your you know becoming a normal eater journey. Um, so definitely check out the show notes, add your email so that you get, uh, you know, details when that course is launched. And if you are on that list, you will get a discount before it opens up to the general public. Um, all right, on to today's show. Today is a really fun episode. I have Eddie Barco, who is a musician, a podcaster, basically a life coach, also a trail runner, just an awesome person to be around. Eddie and I connected on the internet where I find all of my friends, you're really going to love today's episode. Um, you know, I just loved connecting running to other things in life because if we're just running for running or we're just running to burn calories or anything, we're not like connecting the dots and using our experiences to get stronger in life. We're missing out on a lot. You're going to love today's episode. All right. I am so excited today. I have Eddie Barco on the podcast. How are you doing, Eddie? I'm doing really good. How are you? I'm so great. Um, it is so fun. I always love to tell people how I connect with my podcast guests because, you know, there's so much there's so much crap out there on the internet. And it's just nice to hear like, hey, there's really cool people in the internet. It's actually a really great spot if you think about it that way. So can you tell our listeners how you and I even found each other? Man, I, I don't... I, you know what? It was through Facebook, wasn't it? Yeah. We, uh, we found each other on some of the groups because, you know, we're both into, we're both podcasters. And so I saw some of the stuff that you were posting and I just reached out and we started talking about it also because you run and I'm a runner too. So we connected on so many different levels and we just started talking about our projects and I forgot how the conversation started about this specific interview, but I know at some point we were like, Hey, we should probably do something together at some point. And so this is a result from just literally seeing one of your posts and us talking for a couple of weeks and then here we are. Yeah, I think I love talking about that because I think when you leave college, it can be really hard to make new friends because you're just oh, like, yeah. I'm not constantly surrounded by people. But then you're like, oh, if I get a hobby, <laughs> you meet <laughs> other people with the same hobby. So yeah, podcasting and running, those are hobbies. But yeah, so I love this. Yes, you are a runner. And we're going to get into that in a little bit. So you are a trail runner, which I have no experience with. But I want to get go a few years back. So what, you know, were you always a runner? Was running your thing in like middle school, in high school, or what did mm. fitness look like back then? Well, you know what? Okay, I'll say this. So running has been a part of my life for a very long time, okay? So I would say that the very first, well, even before this, so when growing up, I wasn't necessarily super sporty. Like I was a very active kid, meaning I loved going outside and I loved doing that whole thing. But I wasn't really allowed to be part of sports, you know, as a child, uh, but in fifth grade in LA, so I'm from Los Angeles and in LAUSD, we have this fitness test that every kid takes right in the fifth grade. I'm not sure if other schools do that, but we had to do it. And so I remember that my fifth grade teacher, he was a marathon runner at the time. He had all these like posters and, and, uh, the banners that you get after you run a marathon, he would have them up against the wall. And so prior to this test, he talked to the whole class and he was like, Hey, you know, I run marathons. And so tomorrow when you guys, you know, do your, uh, 
do your fitness test when you guys are running your mile, your first mile, uh, just keep telling yourselves one more step. You know, that's how I run these 26 miles. And, you know, I was what, like 11 or so at the time. So the idea of what, how, how long a marathon was flew over my head, but I knew that the next day I had a mile to run. And so I, I remember waking up that next day and thinking to myself, and I remember this very vividly. I, I kid you not, this is exactly what I thought. I was like, you know, I want to try that method. It seems like an interesting thing to do. And so I went out there and they told us to go and we were running our mile. And I did that. I just kept telling myself one more step, one more step as like a personal challenge. And before I knew it, I had, I had finished, right? And I had finished faster than every, anyone in the class. Everyone was still on, like, on their second lap and I was done. And the coaches were like, are you done? Are you, are you like cheating or something? And then one of the other coaches was like, no, he, I saw him. He did his four laps. His, his mile was done. And they're like, wow, you're really good. So ever since then, I had this like mental notion like that I might be good at running. So ever since then, I sort of just did it on my own, you know, like at home uh, during PE and stuff. I was that kid that always ran. People knew me as the runner. Um, and so many things happened in between. But I would say fast forward to college time. Right. So uh, this is about 2010 ish, 2011 ish. Um, you know, I started running around the university that I went to, but I started getting bored of that. So I started running around in trails that were nearby the campus that I went to. And at first they were pretty easy. They were just like up a hill or something, but I've always been someone that challenges himself and always likes to sort of up myself every time I do something. Cause I'm a big show off. I mean, that's the reality. <laughs> so uh, I started running longer, longer trails and where I went to school, there were so many mountains around. And so I started running those and it, it, it was one of those things where I, ran my first mountain on a whim. You know, I was just running a normal uh, trail that was like maybe three quarters of a mile, not very hard. And I saw a mountain in the distance. And I just thought to myself, like, that must be, that would be kind of cool if I could run up that mountain. And at this time, I mean, mind you, I've been running my whole life. So I decided, you know, why not? Let's try it. And I decided to go. No expectations. I wasn't really trying to have a pace or anything. I just wanted to see if I could run up there without stopping. That was my goal. And I did it. I ran up this like three mile mountain, right? And variances in, 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 in steepness and in elevation and stuff. But it was a pretty high up mountain. And when I got to the top, I just stared out. I'm like, wow, like, holy, like, holy shit. Like I, I did this without even preparing for it. And so ever since then, ever since, I think that was 2012 is when I ran that mountain. I've just been trail running really. Like I run on the street and I trained a little bit, but for the most part, my passion comes from running in the mountains. And I, I have this habit now where I have the usual trails that I run in usual mountains, but at least once or twice a month, I'll go out to a new park or a new national park or something. I live in Los Angeles. There's lots of that stuff around. And I just kind of look in a different direction and I look at a different mountain. I, and since I've been doing it for a while, I can kind of tell where the paths go. So I just decide, hey, I'm going to run up that peak. I've never seen it before. I'm going to do it. And I'll go for it. And my goal was always to get to the top. And I usually always do it. And so, yeah, that's the, I guess, a pretty long synopsis of my running history. But hopefully that answers your question. Yeah, so many good nuggets. And I want to go, I want to touch back on what you said. Like, it is so crazy, like, as an adult that you can think back to, you know, your fifth grade PE teacher and like this one thing, he probably doesn't even remember that he told you about this. No, he probably doesn't. But it's like those things... And so I know there's a lot of teachers that listen to this podcast because I was a former teacher or I am a former teacher. Um, just like when our teachers have these hobbies and they share like these personal things about them, it affects us so much more yeah. than the, I don't know, the multiplication lessons that we learned. I, mean, I, was, I was impressed to be honest with you. I remember that specifically. And look, I'm not a teacher per se. I've taught kids before, but I'm not like a professional teacher. You know what I mean? Uh, but I understand that kids are very impressionable. And it's interesting that you bring that up because I know that it's easy to sort of think of kids that, you know, they just want to run around and play, which is true. But for whatever reason, there are certain events in each of our lives that we remember more than others. And maybe that's because you can think of it as we were born to do something or we have just certain skills already embedded in us. Whatever it is, I was in a way sort of destined to become a runner. So at that age group, anyone that would have impressed me running wise would have resonated with me. You know what I mean? And so that teacher just happened to be at the right place at the right time. You know what I mean? I'm pretty sure no one in that class, you know, all those 30 kids, I'm pretty sure they all hated running and I'm pretty sure they still do. But I was that one oddball that was just, you know, that had it in him. And at that time, I hadn't even thought of running yet, but there was just something about seeing those marathon banners and, and 
hearing him explain it and me trying it, that just something sort of like a light bulb went off. You know what I mean? So it's interesting. It's really interesting how something so small can just lead to an entire, you know, someone deciding to do something different. You know what I mean? Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy. And just to think about, you know, it sounds like running has such a big part in your life besides, you know, I don't know, just the races or like the bling, the medals or whatever. It just sounds like running has a big part of your life going out to explore mountains. Like that's huge. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. And you know what? Like the truth is I feel like I'm a pretty decent runner. Like I have, I'm a pretty, I, I'm, I'm s- sort of fast, not, not super fast. Like there's so many runners that are way faster than me. Like I can run a 5k and probably like what, like 16 ish minutes or so. Not bad. It's pretty, pretty fast, but I know so many people that are faster, but I've also noticed that I get pretty bored when it comes to street racing. And that's not saying street racing is bad, but me specifically, I just, I don't like being on the road, but there's something about being out in the wilderness, um, by myself. And it's kind of scary to be by yourself, but is there something about that? Uh, and just getting to the top and seeing Hawks fly around that, that drives me that allows me to sort of get up and, and be excited and, and do that. You know what I mean? And so I think it's interesting that it's not just about running, but there's so many different like subsections of running that you can fall in love with. You know what I mean? And I, I've met so many different kinds of runners and athletes at that um, and athletes that enjoy different aspects of it, you know? So I think there's also that topic right there too, of sort of diving in even deeper into what you like, you know what I mean? And figuring out which areas drive you to be better and then compared to other areas, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. And I I think that's a big part too, is um, whatever activity, like movement, whatever you pick, that it's something that you love and drives you. I know a lot of people are like, oh, I go on the elliptical to lose weight. And it's like, are you passionate about being on the elliptical? Like, (laughs) I mean, some people could be probably, you know, you never know. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't met anyone that's passionate about the elliptical, but I think that's, (laughs) <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. Yeah. And I was on it last night. You know, I needed, I needed a good burn. Um, but I think that's one of the cool things and especially whatever city you live in. I mean, like right now we're in Chicago and there's not a ton here, but I can still go out and see things that I've never seen. Um, but so like when you go out on these mountains, I mean, what, how are you feeling when you're out there? Like what, how is this adding value to your life besides, you know, mm. the calorie burn? Like, what do you, what are you getting out of running? Interesting. Very good question. Um, you know, I, I guess it's one of those things that you don't really think about. Like, I, I don't really think, uh, approach it this way, but I can definitely see where the benefits are. Uh, the, the main thing of why I do it is because it does make me feel like a badass, to be honest with you. I think each and every one of us do specific things because it makes us feel special. And <clears throat> I don't know anyone in my immediate circle of friends or people that I know that can run up a mountain on a whim. So to me, I do it because I'm like, yeah, this is, this is awesome. But I would say that to sort of a- answer your question a little bit further, running those mountains sometimes is a scary thing. It's a very intimidating thing to do, especially when you show up, you drive up, you park, and you sort of look at this gigantic peak and you've never been there. You don't know how far it is. You don't know if the path even still exists. You know, those kind of things start crawling in your, in your mind. Don't, don't even get me started on thinking about if I sprain my ankle while I'm up there, then how the hell am I going to get down? So all these ideas sort of, you know, you know, come through my mind when I'm about to do it. But there's something that allows me to sort of clear my mind from that and do it and just get up there and focus and believe that I can do it. So that sort of translates to other things that I do in my life. You know, whether it's the podcast that I do or some of the music stuff that I do, sometimes when I feel intimidated, sometimes when I feel nervous or, I don't know, insert something here that happened or that could potentially happen, the running sort of allows me to take a step back and be like, you know what, if I can run up this tall ass peak, then me talking to this, this certain person is not that big of a deal. You know, and that's different for different kinds of people. You know what I mean? Like everyone has different things that allows them, excuse me, that allows them to sort of do different things. But for me, being able to run up that mountain has inspired me to be brave in other areas, if that makes sense. 
Oh, totally. Yeah. I'm so glad that you said that. Cause yeah, it definitely, we can choose it to translate into the like other areas of our life. And I do the same thing. I'll be like, man, this is so hard. And they'll be like, there was that time. And I'm not fast. I'll be like, there was that time I ran a marathon and it was six hours, <laughs> you know? Okay. Like, okay. You, you know, your body did this for six hours. You can handle this, you know, these two minutes of going, doing whatever you're doing. Um, and I think that's like the big part that a lot of people miss out on is translating it to their life. And I'm just so glad that you, you like, if I were to look at your social media, I'd be like, Oh, okay. This guy is super confident, but it's like, how do you get, you know, like, how do you get to be super confident? How do you, <laughs> Oh man, it's not even about the confidence. Yeah. To be honest with you. Like I think personally, and this is something we could talk about for hours, honestly, but I mean, personally, I, I don't think that anyone out there is super hundred percent confident. I think even the, you can write a list of the people that you admire, you know, the people, Elon Musk, Gary Vee, whatever, all those guys that you, we probably see as people that are super confident in what they do. They all have insecurities. Everyone does. Everyone has insecurities in something. I think what people sometimes mistake as confidence is sort of that understanding of the bigger picture. You know what I mean? Like when you ask someone like a CEO, why they're so quick to make decisions is because they understand that dwelling so much on one specific thing is a waste of time. They're going to have to make a choice at some point. And it's not even just business people. I think confidence comes down to the idea of understanding that it's not such a big deal. You know, like there's going to be so many things that come in your life and you have to just sort of make a choice and stick with it and trust that you're going to be fine. A lot of those times that trust is really based on just your gut. You have no evidence that you can do something. You have no evidence that you'll be able to do it, but you sort of just learn that over time. You're like, yeah, I can do this. So to kind of backtrack a bit, me running up those mountains, now that I've done it for years, I still get nervous. I still will show up to a random mountain and be like, am I crazy? Can I actually do this? And on the flip side, there are some days where I decide to run previous trails that I've been able to do and I can't do them that day. I'll get almost to the top and I'll get so close, but my body just shuts down. And you get all these mixtures of emotions, but the confidence comes down to just reminding yourself that you're human, A, right? That you're a human, so you can make mistakes, but B, that you trust yourself enough that you can do something. Whether you're going to make a mistake, whether it's going to work out, that's irrelevant. You just know that you can do something, if that makes sense. And so when you, again, when you look at like so, like someone like Elon Musk, Gary Vee, whatever, I think they've sort of understood and they've learn to believe that their decisions are the best that they're going to be, that they know that they are smart enough to, to do something. They don't necessarily worry about what's going to happen, right? Obviously, everyone does, but the importance of it is to understand that you are smart enough, you're brave enough, you're experienced enough to know what the right choice is, and you stick by it, if that makes sense. And that's where that confidence comes from. And so when it comes to my social media stuff, the podcast, the music stuff that I do, I've made so many mistakes and I've made so many decisions where I wasn't sure what was going to happen, but I was sure that I knew that I was making the best choice at the moment, if that makes sense. Does that make sense? I feel like I, I rambled no, for a second. No. Yeah. And that's so all of the things that you're talking about, I think are all of the things that are going through my mind, maybe in the last couple of weeks, just like we, we only have wins or lessons. We don't have losses. <laughs> Yeah. And we gain so much confidence. Like it's all of the, the at bats or the reps, right? Like it's every time we do something, you're not going to have confidence if you've never done something before, but then yeah. like you just do things a million times and you become more confident. Like, yeah, that's it. it's like, that experience, man. It's that experience of sort of trial and error. Right. And, and I think a lot of times people are sort of obsessed with the mistakes and, and obsessed with making a mistake. You know what I mean? Like, I think, Right now, specifically right now in our moment in time, there's this sort of obsession with entrepreneurs and, and what they're doing. And I have, I have my own personal opinions when it comes to that, but I think the reason why we're in this moment in time where entrepreneurs are sort of shining through, it's because our society has sort of spent a lot of time, years, decades, whatever, sort of fixating on the way life should be. You know what I mean? Like, you get a job, you go to college or whatever it is, your expectations from your parents or expectations on yourself. You know, we've kind of come from hundreds or not hundreds, but a lot of decades of that to all of a sudden we're in a moment of time where the internet, the information age and social media has kind of sort of scrambled all that, where it's kind of shown us that there's tons of people out there that 
theoretically have no idea what they're doing. Yeah. They're not quote unquote experienced. They don't come from a wealthy family or maybe they do. But the idea being is that a lot of these people shouldn't have made it, mm-hmm. but they are because they're willing to sort of take that, that challenge. You know what I mean? And that's sort of why I love this new idea with, um, with uh, entrepreneurship is that it allows you to sort of be able to understand that you, um, that you, uh, <laughs> I lost my train of thought there for a second. But the idea of the entrepreneurship is that you can sort of be whoever you want to be and just try new things until you can finally get it, if that makes sense. And I honestly, the mistakes and all of that approach, it's not that big of a deal. Once you start doing it, once you start experimenting, you'll be able to actually achieve different things and learn from your mistakes. And that's why entrepreneurs are sort of popular right now is because they're people that aren't afraid to make mistakes, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Every time I post something, I'm like, Oh, I'm a little bit afraid. Okay. But there's 16 year olds that are making millions of dollars on YouTube and you know, they don't care. And they just put stuff out there and they get stuff out there. Everything that we do. Okay. I'm a little bit afraid, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to do it anyway. And, and I love what you said too, about like, there's some times that you go and you do the same trail that you've always done. Um, and it doesn't work, but it doesn't mean you're a failure. It's like, Oh, maybe you didn't drink enough water. Maybe you didn't yeah. get enough sleep. Maybe you didn't have enough, you know, carbohydrates. Like there's oh, so man. many other things that have nothing to do with that specific run. Oh, I agree. I completely agree. And this is something that I've had to learn myself the hard way and I'm still learning. Okay. To be honest with you, with we always, everything. Yeah. Yeah. Everything that I do, I try to make it a point for my fans and and people to understand that I'm not a guru. I will never be a guru. I'm not that kind of guy that likes to sit there and be like, have you, you know, I I know how to do this. I'm an expert. No, I'm simply just a guy that loves to experiment and I learn really quickly. Um, And I think sort of bouncing off of what you said, there's a lot of people right now that are risk takers that are making it because they're not afraid of what can happen afterwards. But here's the flip side of that. I think we're all risk takers. I think we can very easily, and this is the dangerous part about sort of the entrepreneur, entrepreneurial mindset that we're all in this is, as a society right now, is that we sort of look at people like Gary Vee and we look at all these kids who are sort of risk takers by nature and we sort of realize them and we sort of compare ourselves to them and be like, well, why can't I be that? Mm-hmm. I mean, I should, be, I should quit my job. I should just go balls to the wall and, and do everything. And that's great and done. But one of the things that a lot of these guys talk about that tends to fly over people's heads is that you have to figure out who you are at your core. We're all risk takers, but we're all different kinds of risk takers. And I'll, get, I'll use myself as an example. I'm a musician, right? So I'm a professional drummer in, my music, in the music industry. And a lot of drummers, a lot of musicians for that matter, are very sort of confident in jumping into what we call jam sessions, which is where musicians just sit around and just play. And they just jump in and they learn from each other, they make mistakes and they have fun and that's what they do. I'm not that kind of person which is weird. I'm an oddball in the music industry. I'm a strategist by my nature. And for so many years, I found it odd. Why wasn't I, why didn't I find it so easy to sit there and just look at, just look at a band and just jump in. But I'm the kind of person that observes from a distance. I learn from a distance. I go back home, practice for hours and perfect it and come back and blow everyone away. That's always how I've done everything. Even with my running stuff, I never told anyone I was a runner. I did running by myself. I do a lot of things for myself before I show it to anybody. And again, that sort of, when this whole entrepreneurial movement happened, I tried things and I tried being that person who sort of jumped into things and it didn't work out that well because I wasn't being true to the risk taker that I was, mm-hmm. the kind of risk taking that I kind did. Of, mm-hmm. And so that's sort of one of the things I try and make a point with some of the, the people that I talk to and some of the fans that I have is that risk taking is good. Seeing all these kids and all these people make it on Instagram and on social media is amazing. And I know that we all want to do that. But the core of it all is to find a way that you can do that. Not how Gary Vee does it. Not how sort of people do it. Take lessons from everybody. Yeah. Take lessons from me. That's what I do. But if you reject who you are from your, at your core, then it's going to be a lot harder if you just accept who you are. Yeah. So again, for me, I'm a strategist. I was born to be a strategist. Naturally, I strategize. So once I accepted that, once I started sort of playing to my strengths of being a strategist, of playing from afar and planning ahead things just started working out a lot faster for me because it's, it's what I'm natural at. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so risk taking is important. Yes. But play to who you are. You know, you don't have to be the next Gary Vee or the next dude who's just sitting on his camera every day vlogging about his life. That's not who you have to be. Think about what you enjoy doing when no one's around. Mm-hmm. That's your strength right there. And obviously that's generalizing, but I think that's a good step that's helped a lot of the people that talk to me is ask yourself, what do you do when no one's watching? That tends to sort of lead to who you are Mm-hmm. You know, as opposed to who you wish you could be, if that makes sense. And that's getting into another. Like, yeah. Kind of no. <laughs> but even just relating that back to this. Yeah. I think that a lot of times, you know, with anything, and, and I talk about this with diets and with food and with running. And I had another guest, um, he was a, uh, a half marathon coach. And he's like, you know, there are all these plans out there on the internet that'll tell you, this is how you do it from A to Z. And you're going to want to look at those things and take like steal stuff from it, but you yeah. can't you aren't that person. Like you can't do, people can't eat the same way that I eat. I can't run the same way, you know, someone else runs like, and and that can be scary because you're like, no, I just want, I just want to plan. Just give me my life plan. (laughs) (laughs) But it comes back to what you were saying, that risk taking, like learning for yourself. That's hard as you feel like, no, I just, I just want it. I just want it. (laughs) Exactly. And you got to learn it for what's best for you. Like for you, for example, you have, um, you one of the things that you do that, that I like is that you promote healthy eating, but not in the typical way. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You promote it in a way that everyone can do. And see, that's the interesting part is that you don't see that a lot. You know what I mean? Like everyone is usually like, this is the way, or this is the best diet, or this is blah, blah, blah. When in reality, one thing that people should be doing is figuring, figuring out what is the best way for you. That is the hardest thing you can do in life is figuring out the best methods for you because there's so many examples out there. And how other people have done it, whether it's losing weight, whether it's running, whether it's starting a business, all of that. There's so many examples and it's so easy, like, we, like I mentioned earlier, to just sit there and be like, well, if so-and-so did it this way, then I, it's clearly the only way. Mm-hmm. What's well, clearly a way. But that's the, that's the truth. It's a way out of millions of ways. And the people that truly stand out, the people that truly leave a mark on this world are the people that find their own way. And it's romanticizing to say it that way, but it's so hard. It's so hard to sit there and trust yourself. That's where that confidence comes in, is to trust that you know how to do best for yourself. That's true. Yeah, and that's the thing. And you, you might make millions of mistakes. Mm-hmm. And you might not work out for years. But once you build up that belief that you know what's best for you, not for the world, not for everybody else, that you know what's best for you, that will reflect onto your work and onto the risk-taking you do. And it just creates a, a spiral of effects. It creates a snowball effect once you start to sort of dive inward and start to accept who you are and understand that you know what's best for you and believe it, then that snowball effect starts to roll and, and it gets faster and blah, 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 all that. I, I'm laughing right now because literally like 15 minutes before we hopped on this podcast, I made a post about um, trusting yourself. I was like, here's how to make a salad. You know, here's how, you know, here's how people lose weight. Also, none of this actually matters if you don't trust yourself because you're going to sabotage yourself. So you can follow this stuff and you can play along with what I'm saying. And, you know, you can build the same salads as me, but if you don't trust yourself, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And that's like, and that's the piece that we miss and that, you know, Whatever at A to Z plan for anything, if you if you're not practicing trusting yourself, it doesn't matter, which is so hard. Yeah. It's hard, and that's the thing. It's it's really really hard, and it's okay because I still, again, I still yeah. suffer through this every day. Everybody does. Oh yeah. And it's just one of those things that gets easier over time. And who knows? Maybe I'm gonna die still having some sort of doubt every now and then. But that's that's human nature. That's really all it is. And when you can accept that you're just a human, dude, like you're just a, I don't, again, I don't want to get off philosophical and stuff of all these things, but the reality is we overcomplicate things, man. Like we want success. Yes. We want all these things. Yes. And they're in hindsight, easy to attain if you just accept certain things about yourself. So what if you don't like running, then find something that you like doing. Maybe you like dancing. That's a great workout. You know, like, and again, I'm, we're using like working out as a metaphor. There's so many things you can do. And music, again, for me, I'm a drummer. I found my own way to do it, even though it's very different from everyone else. You know what I mean? And you just have to remind yourself of that every single day. Just remind yourself that you know what's best. Now, here's the thing. There's, you can always get better though. 
right? You can always improve your mindset. You can always improve how you do things. But with understanding that you're improving yourself, not because someone told you, not because this is the way it's supposed to be, but because you want to, because you want to find a better, unique way. And as you practice it, you, you get better at understanding which skills improve you. You know what I mean? And again, we can talk about this for hours. I feel like everything we talk about is one of those things that can just trail off and we can just keep on diving in and diving in. But it's the truth. It's the absolute truth. It's about finding what's best for you always, no matter what the question is, no matter what the situation is, no matter what the topic is. At the end of the day, if it's right for you, it's right for you. And only you know that. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I, it's so funny talking with you because honestly, we're two strangers on the internet and you say so many things that I say, it's just like, this is how like practicing, trusting yourself, um, Mm -hmm. making mistakes, you're human, you're flawed. Why do you keep expecting perfection? It's never going to be perfect. This is literally how your journey goes. Um, but we forget those things with whatever it is we're doing. We're in a career change. I know a lot of people listen to the show. They're like, I'm a teacher. I don't want to be a teacher anymore. I'm like, cool, change it. You can do it. It's not like everyone, lots of people have, or they're like, I'm starting out running and it's not going perfectly. I'm like, why did you expect it would? It's not going to, or I'm trying to lose weight and it's not working perfectly. No, I get it. Like that's it. Um, it's practice, trust, um, and learning. Oh, which is so hard. We just, we just want it. We just want it, but <laughs> you just gotta want it. No, I, I agree. I completely agree. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit. We touched on this a little bit, but um, so you have a podcast, you're a drummer. Tell us more about this. Um, I'm really excited to introduce the audience to your work. Oh man, well, thank you for letting me talk about it for yeah. a second. I if you if you can't tell, I enjoy talking a lot. <laughs> uh, but I am I you're right. I have this podcast called the Nebula Music Podcast. It's a very uh very strange name. And here's an interesting, here's like an example of me practicing what I preach. The Nebula Music Podcast is a horrible name for a podcast marketing wise. Okay. So if you talk to anybody who's an expert podcaster or understands marketing, you want to name something that can easily be, you know, marketable or people can find it if you type in. Yeah. But Nebula has nothing to do with music. Nebula is a space term. Okay. But when I wanted to name my show, I understood that I like this name. There was just something about it. I really enjoyed it because I love space. I love everything to do with space. I'm not going to talk about that. I'm just simply saying I love the name Nebula because it, was a, it, it stands for a ball of gas that can turn to stars. And so I, I thought to myself, hey, my whole purpose of my show is to help young musicians sort of understand other people's methods so they can pick and choose and create their own career. Right? That's what we're talking about here. Exactly. That's the whole essence of my show. I bring on really famous musicians and we talk about their mindset, not necessarily their, not necessarily their techniques or anything. Cause I get bored of that. I really like understanding how they approach life because at the end of the day, I want to show other kids that they can find their own way, right? They can pick and pick apart people's different experiences and create their own. So when I came up with the name Nebula music podcast, there's a dozen of people that were like, well, that has nothing to do with music, blah, blah, blah. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it because I like the name and that's simple. And everyone disagreed, but I like the name. And now it's sort of starting to blow up a little bit. And it's one of those things where when you stick to your guns, even if it doesn't make any sense, it will, you know, at some point, if you play it right and you do everything that you need to do, the name is irrelevant. And that's where one of the, one of those things that I want to stress is that all the should, all the things that you should do, quote unquote, at the end of the day, they're irrelevant. As long as you keep on doing what's right for you and what feels right, then it'll work out. So Nebula Music Podcast is the show that I have. Uh, and I had it, I've had it for about two years now, almost two years. Um, and I think we were talking about this beforehand, how when I started the show back in December 2016, I got together about 20 or 30 different interviews. And uh, long story short, I lost them all because I was using a free software. I had never podcasted before. Uh, and I felt crummy. Like I felt like I didn't know what I was going to do. I had put my heart and soul into these interviews. I had asked some of these guests to interview again, but they didn't want to do it again. And I understood why I I wouldn't want to do the same one again, but I decided to try again. You know, I decided to reset and rebrand it and, and just start over. And I relaunched in June, 2017. And it's been a huge wild ride ever since then. You know, it, when I relaunched it, I went in a different direction from where, when I originally started. And it's been crazy 
because I've gotten a chance to interview some musicians that I've admired for years that I never imagined I would get a chance to meet. And here's the, the cool part is this is kind of my way of doing things differently. Like, yes, I'm a drummer. I'm a professional drummer. Uh, and I play with bands. But in the musician world, when you're a musician, that's kind of, that that's, tends to be what you do always. You know what I mean? Like you're just, you're a drummer and you play drums and you bounce from band to band, from artist to artist, and it's great. But I've always wanted to do more. And podcasting has sort of allowed me to open a door to talk to people that I admire. People that would have been, quote unquote, my employers are now my peers in a way. Like now I get to talk to managers and I get to talk to like megastars that I sit them like, yeah, on one-on-one and they treat me like I'm their friend as opposed to their drummer. You know what I mean? There's a big difference when it comes to that. And there's nothing wrong with just being a musician. But me for myself, I always wanted to be more. And I wanted to create something that I could give back to my fan base that would inspire them to find their own ways. So in a weird ball of experiences, I'm kind of doing a lot all at once. I'm delivering a platform for my fans to know and internalize that they can do their own thing, that they can find their own way, that there's not one specific way by listening to all these musicians' live stories and experiences. And at the same time, I'm sort of preaching what I speak. I'm sort of showing people that I'm kind of finding my own way by doing something completely irrelevant or completely unrelated to music. You know what I mean? Like podcasting, I wasn't trained to podcast. I'm a drummer. I'm a musician, but I figured it out. I'm finding my own way. And right now it's sort of starting to pay off. And so that's really where, where the whole podcasting thing is for me. It started as a way for me to give back to my musicians. It failed at first. I started again. It went in a completely different path. And now, and now I'm sort of at a point where I'm starting to work with record labels. And it's just, it's been a blast. I love podcasting. And I never imagined I would be doing it. And I don't know how long I'm going to be doing this for. That's another thing. I approach life in a very open-minded way. It's been great, but there might be a day where something else comes along and I might jump onto that instead. But for now, podcasting has been great. I've built a really good audience for it. And I am just excited to be playing a part in helping musicians sort of cross over into the podcasting side because there aren't that many music podcasts right now. There's a couple, there's for sure a lot of good ones, but compared to like self-help business and marketing where each of those topics have like thousands of podcasts, there are maybe like what 50 well-known music podcasts, which is a lot, but not compared to everything else. So mine is sort of getting up there and I'm, I'm proud to sort of be part of this movement of helping musicians sort of discover podcasting in general. If that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. And I love that. And I, it's very funny just hearing you explain that because it, it is kind of similar to what I'm doing as well, where it's like, it's about music and it's like, I'm putting air quotes up, like this podcast is about running, but it's mostly about the mindset, the approach yeah. to life and like hearing people's stories of like, Hey, look, they effed up a bunch of things too. And they're still moving along and they're still, you know, like doing cool things, you know, and using running as a way, like a means to like make life know epic and learning from this so it's really cool to hear you said it's you know your podcast isn't self-help but it's like it's like self-help for the musician who maybe listens to it and doesn't even realize (laughs) oh yeah i mean yeah you can consider it self-help at the end of the day what drives me in the music world is is helping people sort of figure out what took me years to figure out you know what i mean like it took me i spent so many years trying to be like everybody else. Mm -hmm. I spent so many years admiring, you know, the legends of music and trying to mold my life to that. And it got me, it got me to some places, but it made me miserable overall. And obviously there wasn't, there, there was plenty of good times, but what I'm saying is mentally wise, I was very stressed and I learned the hard way to really let go of those expectations and to dig down deep inside and ask myself what was important to me. And if I trusted myself enough to find my own way, And I did, and I am currently doing that. By all means, I'm nowhere near where I know I can be, where I know I'm going to be, but I'm way closer now than when I was just five, six years ago trying to be like every other musician. And that's my goal with this show, and I'm sure it's the goal with what you're doing, is at the end of the day, if I can inspire a musician to trust themselves, to pick up an instrument and just figure out their own way, then I did my job. You know what I mean? And that's what drives me is getting those messages and, and hearing from people being like, hey, I was like, for example, I don't mean to be rambling here, but no, one, of my, <laughs> one of my pride, one of my pride, prideful moments this year is I interviewed this guy called San Holo. 
He's this well-known electronic artist, internationally known. He's a megastar, and he took time out of his day to talk to me, which I felt so, so proud and just so humbled to be part of that. And he's a musician, too. Um, and some electronic musicians, I would say maybe like half or so, aren't musicians. They're mostly DJs, mm-hmm. but the other half are. And he's one of them that are traditionally trained musicians. And it resonated so well with my audience to find out that he was a music teacher for so many years. He was a guitar teacher while he was touring the world. Like he had just been discovered. His songs were blowing up all over the world and he was playing at all the biggest festivals. But, you know, if you don't know anything about the music industry, you don't get paid necessarily right away. It takes a while. And so he was touring the world and still had to go back home and teach guitar to kids, you know? And so there were so many guitar teachers specifically that reached out to me after that interview saying like, wow, if San Holo can do that while teaching and writing his own music, then I can do that too. And I'm like, yes, that's what it's about right there. It's not necessarily about how San Holo did it or the kind of music he did. It's more about understanding the idea that this guy did it this specific way and people relate it to it. And they're going to try and find a similar way that works for them. And I'm living through that every single day. You know what I mean? And so that's what drives me to create this podcast, if that makes sense. Yeah, I love that. It's so, and I think that too, like the more that you hear the stories of like how people have built their success and seeing that it wasn't this clear path, that, you know, he's having to go back home and yeah. you know, work in an hourly job. Like hearing that, it just, like we've talked about, it just humanizes it and you start to realize like, all of these super successful people are the same. They're literally the same as us. Um, They've just done it more. They've practiced it more. They've trusted themselves. Um, It's a good message. Or they got lucky. Or they (laughs) They got lucky. lucky. Yeah. They might've gotten lucky, but but here's the thing. Honestly, at the end of the day, you got to just accept your life for what it is. It doesn't matter if you were born rich, if you were born poor. I was born poor. I'm I'm an immigrant kid. But I was born in California, United States. And that is a huge blessing for me. I I didn't have my first drum set until I was 19 years old. I literally practiced on my desk for almost 10 years. I did everything I could. But the idea being is that your story is your story, period. Doesn't matter what San Holo did or what I do or what you do. What matters is what you do. At the end of the day, you can sit there and for hours imagining, questioning, being like, if only I had been born here, if only I had gone to this school, if only I had accepted that scholarship, blah, blah, blah. If I hadn't dated that one person, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, today matters. What are you going to do with it? And honestly, you don't have to do 50 different things. That hustle life, if it's not for you, it doesn't have to be yours. But if you do one thing, one thing every day to move your project forward, If you work on your dream, maybe even once a week, maybe you're working 80 hours a week, that's perfectly fine. Take care of business. But if you're working on your dream at least once a week, once a month, you determine that. That's what moves your life forward. Not living life like me, not living life like you, is understanding that your story is your own. You made it. It's there. So rewrite it as best you can, one page at a time. And that's how all these people move forward. And I, continuing on with that metaphor, if you're, con- if you're writing one page, metaphorically speaking, one page of your dream every week, then by the end of the year, you've written 52 pages. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? So if you yeah. work every Saturday night on your dream of being a musician or being the world's greatest dancer, whatever, every Saturday night, that's 52 Saturdays every year. You're, at the end of the year, you're much better. And you'll also find as you start doing it more, it gets easier to spend more time on it, yes. but at least start there. You know what I mean? And I know I'm jumping back and no, no, forth, no. but I, I, this, this topic drives me. You know what I mean? And that's, yeah. And I'm going to relate that back to running or working out or anything. And as a, a lot of people are looking for that motivation, but you know, where do I find motivation? And it's like, you just start, but you start. And that's the thing too, is that you have to start really, really small. Like don't try to yeah. write, like you, you want to write a novel. Don't write 300 pages in a day. You, you write yeah. one page. You want to run a marathon okay, start just by running one mile, you know, and maybe you're not going to run a mile every single day, but that's it. Like just set up that. And then with the discipline comes the motivation. I don't even know. It just comes. Yeah. This is just what I do. I just do this. <laughs> they go hand in hand. You know, that yeah. practice, that discipline, um, it just gets easier to do what you're doing. And you'll find, it's almost like, um, 
it's almost like dieting when you really think about it or choosing to be healthy, Mm -hmm. especially if you spent your whole life sort of eating junk food all the time. Um, Once you start making that choice of, you know, I'm going to have an apple instead of a soda, Mm -hmm. uh, that whole metaphor that after about a couple of months, your mindset changes. You start to ask yourself, is it worth it for me to intake this soda into my body that I've worked so hard for? It's the same thing with working with your dreams. Once you start spending time doing it, you spend half a year doing it, you'll start noticing that you'll ask yourself, hmm, is watching the game really worth more than me working on my book? You know, or is, is going to the movies really more important than playing this? And again, that's all subjective. Maybe going to the movies, maybe you need to. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But the idea being is that once you start practicing following your dreams, you start to want to do that more and more. And you start to choose that over time. But you have to start, like you said. And starting slow, starting small, starting what, what, at, which, with whatever you can do is the right way to do it. Don't do it like me. Don't do it like you, Jacqueline. Yeah. Do it like you. You know, do yeah. it like you, listener, whatever you can put, <laughs> whatever time you can put, it doesn't matter. I said, even if, even if it's once a month, that's once more than you're doing now, right? So do that. You know what I mean? And it gets better over time. Yeah, definitely. All right. So we have, oh my goodness, three months left of 2018. I always like talking, mm-hmm. everyone's always like, oh, you know, beginning of the year. And I'm like, I love end of the year resolutions because my birthday, when you're talking about your podcast, um, I launched my podcast on my birthday last year, which is December 30th. So I'm always like, end of the year, like, what am I going to do for the end of the year? So what, do you have any big projects coming up for the end of the year? Any big races? I don't know. Do you do races? What's going on? I don't do races anymore. You know, I did a couple and one of my lifelong goals has always been to run a marathon, but I don't know if that's going to happen anymore because I feel like I'm changing as a person. Yeah. You know, like I told you earlier, running on the road is, is a little boring for me. I'm sure if I had enough motivation uh, I would do it, but I get just so much more joy running by myself in the mountains. So uh, in terms of running wise, I don't really have any specific races or goals that I'm running to. I'm just sort of trying to run. Well, there is one specific thing I'm trying to do. I'm trying to actually run from, if any of you guys under, know Los Angeles area, there are these mountains called the Santa Monica Mountains that separate the valley um, which is like an inland kind of area to the beach, you know, where like Malibu is and all that stuff. And so there's this giant mountain range that blocks that. And so one of my goals is I'm trying to run the whole thing, uh, not necessarily by the end of the year, but hopefully by next year. It's a good 26-ish miles, basically a marathon, but in the mountain. And so (laughs) backpack that and I'd I'd ideally love to run that at some day. So that's my long-term goal and I'm working my way up there. Uh, but in terms of projects and stuff like that, there's a lot of really cool things I'm working on I can't really talk about. Uh, there is one thing I am going to sort of do a sneak peek. I am working on a documentary right now. I can't say what it is. And here's another one of those examples, guys. I'm not a film person. I'm not a film guy. I've never been trained in film. If you've seen some, some of my social media stuff, I taught myself how to use cameras kind of thing. Um, but this is one of those ideas, those documentary ideas that I've I've shopped around in my head for months. I've researched. No one has done it. I've asked people around if people are going to do it. I've pitched the idea to other people and no one seems to have the time to do it until someone just told me, why don't you do it? You seem to be the person that can just figure things out. And it took me a couple of weeks to internalize that idea, but I finally accepted that I wanted to give it a go. So over the next couple of months, aside from the, from the, the podcast and the music stuff that I do, I am going to be producing a, a short pilot, I guess you can call it, or a, a reel uh, about some of the music stuff happening out here in Los Angeles. And then hopefully from there, shopping it, shopping it around and getting it actually fully produced. It's one of those adventures that I don't know what's going to happen, but I have full confidence that I can figure out how to do it because other people have, so I can totally figure it out. And we'll see. We'll see what happens. I love that message. Yep. You'll figure it out. Um, and, and however, it, you know, if it's a win or a lesson, either way, it's still a win. So it's a win-win, no yeah, matter what. I'm excited for this. Cool. Well, thank you for having me. I really do appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. I love talking about this stuff. I and talk about it all day, but we can't tell. I know, I know. And I think we were talking about this in Messenger a while ago, how it just, like, we, we go from running to music to just, like, life coaching or just, like, this is life. Let's just talk about life. Like, it, it, it just translates so well into just life, all of the things that we do in our projects. If we're not translating those habits and those skills and those mindsets to life, then we're doing it wrong. (laughs) Yeah. 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 
Yeah. And just have fun with it. I mean, at the end of the day, and I, I guess I'm going to leave you guys with this. You know, I, I know that like we talked a lot about earlier is that there's so much talk right now about hustling and being an entrepreneur. Mm. And we talk, already talked about, you know, finding your own way. That's important. But I think at the end of the day too, this is one thing I've been learning a lot lately is when you talk to older people, you know, there's lots and lots of regret when it comes to older people, but there's also a lot of acceptance. I've talked to plenty of elder people. I've gone, I volunteered at retirement homes before, and I've talked to other friends with older people. And the one thing you'll constantly hear people talk about other than regret is they'll always say, it was okay. It was fine. You know, life at the end, when you're 80, 90 years old, you're not going to remember a lot of the downsides. You always look back at it and be like, well, I made it. I'm here. And so that's kind of something I always try and remind myself of, uh, excuse me, remind myself of is that if in reality, we know that at the end of our life, most likely we're going to be fine, then all these choices that you're worried about right now, they really aren't that big of a deal. And I don't mean like the big life choices or whatever. I'm mostly talking about the daily stuff. If you're worried about, you know, is this job better for me? Blah, 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 blah. At the end of the day, if you're going to be fine, then choose what makes you happy always. And I know that's generalizing. I know that's super simplifying it. And I don't know your situation, but at least use that as a base to sort of make your decisions today. You know what I mean? If honestly, you're going to end up fine at the end of your life, then what you choose now in a weird philosophical way is irrelevant. As long as you're sort of choosing what's best for you. And it goes back to trusting yourself and having the guts to be happy because it's true. You got to be happy. Just remember that. The hustle is great. Working hard is great. But remember to enjoy it. Yeah. You're going to be fine either way, whether you're rich or poor, whether you actually achieve your dreams or not, you're going to end up fine. So choose what makes you happy and what makes you less stress. Because working hard isn't always the best choice. You know what I mean? So it's what, that's why we're, we stress on finding the best way for you. I did the whole startup working nonstop a day. Like I did that for three years. And I was miserable as hell. And when I learned how to not to do that, how to sort of take a step back and appreciate the people around me, appreciate what I had achieved and appreciate what I have, I realized that I'm happy just doing one thing a day and going out for a run and playing some video games at night. I'm way more happy and more productive now than I was six years ago. Yeah. And I look at that kid, that 22-year-old kid six years ago, and I look at him I'm like, damn, you had nothing figured out. And I, I still have almost nothing figured out, but I at least know how to take a step back and appreciate my life because I understand that I'm going to be fine either way. So there you go. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, just going, going back to trust. Trust, it's huge. Trust yourself, always. Yeah, all right. So um, where can people find you on the internet if they want to connect more with you, find out more about uh, more projects? Absolutely. So uh, for my own personal stuff, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, all of the social media platforms. You can just search Eddie Barco drums. That's all like my music stuff that I do for the podcasting stuff. It's all under Nebula Music Podcast. If you go on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Instagram and Facebook tends to be where I do most of my work. That's where I'm very active. So if you want to type in Nebula Music Podcast, I'm always on and I always respond. If you have any questions, podcasting or music related you want me to bring someone on, whatever it is that you guys want to do. Um, or if you have some questions about anything specific or some advice for me too, I always <laughs> am receptive to that Nebula music podcast. Uh, that's where you'll find me a lot of the times. Awesome. And I'll have those links in the show notes as well. Thank you so much today. I really appreciate you, Eddie. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate you. Okay. Bye.